Stones, Chapter 3. What about Romeo and Juliet? What about them? Well, it should be obvious, even to you, they fell in love at first sight, at the Capulet party, and later they were married by Friar What's-His-Name. So if they experienced real... So if they experienced love at first sight, it must be real. They're famous. Andre, a skinny, straw-haired guy, sat down, bathed in background noise, looking pleased with himself. Randy jumped to his feet again. Not so fast. Juliet was 14, and Romeo wasn't much older. You can't build your argument on the actions and feelings of two boneheaded teenagers who ended up dead through their own stupidity. Besides, they weren't real. They were characters in a play. We're debating real life here. Randy dropped into his seat, accepting high fives from the guys around him, preening like the only rooster in the barnyard and playing with the rings in his ear. The two sides flung insults at each other. A paper ball sailed across the room and was batted back to its owner. In the clamor, the classroom door opened and someone slipped in. I paid no attention. I was psyching myself up. Garnet, your turn, Paulson shouted. The rest of you, pipe down. I got ready to slay them with logic, knock down their arguments like bowling pins. No sticky romantic mumblings or passions of the heart. Clear thinking. In my room the night before, it had sounded good. Mr. Speaker, I began with a squeak. Someone laughed. I cleared my throat. Mr. Speaker, this is simply a matter of sound logic, a quality which my opponents have never heard of. Hissing and catcalls from the opposition. Cheers from my side. Paulson liked it when we sounded arrogant. All of us here today, even my opponents with their diminished mental capacity, would agree that true love is both physical and spiritual. Now, love at first sight is, by definition, love without knowledge of the loved one's character. The lover does not know the other person's interests, hobbies, likes and dislikes, and so on. Romeo, to use Andre's example, fell in love with Juliet from across the room. For all he knew, she could have been insane, a thief, or, for that matter, a lesbian. An uproar. Groans and giggles from both sides. Paulson shot me a harsh look, then tried to quiet the class down. Since he had never so much as spoken to her, I went on, his so-called love for her must have been based on physical appearance alone. Obviously, the same goes for her. I paused for dramatic effect. And, since true love is, as I have said, physical and spiritual, Romeo and, Ju Romeo and Juliet could not have been experiencing true love. What they felt was lust. They wanted to get inside each other's clothes. Period. The spiritual element was missing. The hubbub swelled once more. Love at first sight, I strained to make myself heard above the roar, is a hoax. They think I'm debating, I thought, but I meant every word I said. The din continued. A couple of paper airplanes took off and crash-landed. Paulson shouted something. At the front of the classroom, by the desk next to the door, someone stood up. None of us knew much about the new kid, although there had been the usual swirl of rumors, some of them pretty nasty, some far-fetched. She had changed schools because of conflicts with other students. She'd been expelled for poor attendance. Jill, who considered a tasty morsel of gossip sweeter than a candy bar, Told, uh, had told us Raffaella's mother owned the health food store and that the word was Raffaella never dated. She's weird, Jill had concluded. I mean, what kind of a name is that? And they tell me she belongs to some cult or other. 
Raffaella had transferred to our school for Park Street Collegiate about a week before, just in time to be assigned a role in the debate, then had disappeared. When she got to her feet, something remarkable happened. She stood quietly, completely at ease, and waited. Normally, a new kid gives off vibes like a high-tension wire, fear, embarrassment, a pathetic desire to be accepted. Not this one. Wearing a long navy blue dress over a black t-shirt, a silver-colored ank hanging from a leather thong around her neck, she appeared calm, except for her bitten-down fingernails, and completely indifferent to us. She was slender, a bit taller than me, with glossy black hair that fell almost to her waist. A plum-colored birthmark stained her neck and half her right cheek. I felt something shift inside me, a kind of low-level seismic tremor. Gradually, as she waited patiently, the noise around her ebbed away. It was as if she had taken control of the room without effort. Everyone, including Paulson, stared at her. Nobody moved. She lifted a piece of paper from her desk, consulted it, and put it down. She never referred to it again. She turned her gaze on me, unblinking, straight into my eyes. Logic is only one way of looking at the world, she said, and it's very limited. It's like looking at life through binoculars held the wrong way around. A murmur ended almost as soon as it began. Your argument sounds reasonable, she said. She said the word as if it were a minor obscenity. But only if we accept the idea that there's only one kind of knowledge, the kind based on direct experience. Juliet and Romeo had never met before her father's masquerade. Therefore, according to you, they could not know each other. Therefore, what they felt was only physical desire, not love. She paused. Some of the students around her traded smirks that revealed their inability to follow her argument. Unfortunately, she continued in the same confident tone, your idea is wrong. There is more than one kind of knowledge. Or as Hamlet put it, there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Like what? Randy sneered. Horoscopes and oracles? I mean, I mean intuition, spontaneous insight. Romeo and Juliet knew each other in a split second of revelation. When they had a chance to talk, yeah, all that pilgrim stuff, Andre cut in. They were able to confirm what they already knew, that the other person was worthy of being loved. The balcony scene allowed them to explore each other even more. There were a few snickers at the word explore. Intuition and revelation aren't knowledge, I insisted. They're for religion and mysticism. They're just, well, feelings. You guys always say that, Janet Belisis remarked from the corner of the room, always a feminist. Her nose stud twinkled. You can't accept, oh, here we go again. This from Randy. It's a girl thing, is it? Only girls get it? Garnet is right. Admit it. If it is a girl thing, Janet seized, that's only because you guys are such emotional cripples that you can't feel anything. Confusion, insults, and lame jokes darted back and forth. Raffaella waited once more until quiet returned. If they are just feelings, as you put it, there's still knowledge. There is such a thing as emotional knowledge. Face it, she said, once again training those large, dark, soft eyes. Love at first sight is valid. It's real. People fall in love every day. Science can't explain it, except to make numb comments about biological urges. Science can't explain most things that are important. She sat down gracefully, ignoring the groundswell of talk that surged around her. 
Even before she finished talking, I had fallen in love with her.